about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father, we thank you this evening for your grace, your mercy, your provision in our lives. We're thankful this evening that the Holy Ghost is here, the teacher, the one that's called alongside to help. He will open the eyes of our understanding this evening and let us perceive about the kingdom of God, in this case particularly about finances and the kingdom of God, how they affect us, how we can use them, how we can be blessings to the world around us because of your kingdom. Receive your grace this evening, and we speak it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All in red, that's what it says, all in red. <clears throat> all right, we're going to start by looking at four verses in the New Testament. It's going to be relatively brief for those, and some more will take a little longer time with this evening. But let's start by looking at John 3.16. Anybody here know what that means or says? We're about to find out in a minute here. Like our note says, in red, so uh, <clears throat> you can see it's in red. For God so loved the world that he gave <clears throat> his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Glory to God. God so loved the world that he gave. Giving and receiving. Now God gave his only son but he got major multiplication back, did he not? Yeah. I mean, who knows how many? Probably in the billions now, but... Anyhow, that is God's grace, that's his gift to us, and it's exactly what he wants you and I to have in our life. He wants us to be able to live in abundance. He will supply the abundance. We don't have to make the abundance happen. He will supply it. But we have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. We have to agree with his word. We have to have faith in what God has said and promised. And especially when you first maybe begin learning about finances and trusting God for money and all, it can seem like it's difficult. And I expect that it would be, especially if we have not had a lot of teaching, if we have not looked at a lot of the promises and see where they come from. But like I like to compare and share many times, everybody in here believes John 3.16. In fact, we bank on it, if we want to say it that way. Well, we need the bank on the other promises he's got in this case, specifically about finances. They're absolutely 100% as true as that. And we'll see his will declared to us. <clears throat> okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. That'd be the first book in the New Testament. 7 come 11. Matthew 7, 11, I don't say give good things to them that ask. Well, what if you didn't ask? 
you might not receive. Good chance that you won't. But we can ask. He encourages us to ask. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Again, you see it's in red. Jesus speaking. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? We can take that one as a promise. If ye then being evil, and who he was speaking to, that would fit him. Evil wouldn't fit us tonight. That's not a good description for us. We're saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and so we're not evil. There is an evil one in the world, but thank God we have dominion over him, and we need to keep it in that place. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father... See, he is your heavenly father. You say, man, he's got a lot of kids. Well, we have just, just a fair-sized family in here right now, but yes, he has a lot of kids all over the planet. And he can take care of every single one of them. It is no problem for him whatsoever. And how to give good things to them that ask him. So again, asking is important. Let me click on that one for you. That word in the Greek, we are going to look at several different Greek words this evening. We do usually anyhow. But that one just means to ask, to call for, to require. And again, we don't beg for it. But we just choose to believe his promises, and then we go ahead and act upon it. <clears throat> All right, moving right along, let's go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. And we'll go to verse 7. Let's start with verse 7. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 7. We're going to be looking at verses 7 and 8. And I guess let me just go ahead. He says, As ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. <clears throat> How do we receive? Freely. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. That's something that you and I are to do as the body of Christ. Jesus, when he was on planet Earth in his physical body, he did that many, many, many times. He's still doing it today through his body because we are his body on planet Earth. If somebody's sick in, in a neighborhood, in the church, or whatever the case is, and, and we don't pray for them, and especially if they were requesting and asking prayer, well, that would be horrible. But when we pray for them, we're praying in Jesus' name. We're in his place and in his stead. He is not physically here on planet Earth right now. You may see him in a vision, and even that would be rare. But we're here as his body. And you notice, if you don't have a body, now there's some that are not with us this evening, because they're no longer on planet Earth. The ones I'm thinking about are in heaven. 
Well, that's a pretty good place to be. If, if, if you're not going to be in TCVC tonight, a good place to be would be in heaven. Then, so. well, and there wouldn't be many other good places. I'm not saying that. There could be some tremendous meetings going on all over the United States and plenty of other places. But <clears throat> Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. And that, that needs to be our mindset. We need to begin to be able to cultivate that. Let that become part of our life. Freely give. You say, well, we can say that about Jesus. Jesus can freely give because, I mean, he's rich, to say the least. And so, but I may not be as rich as him right now, today. But our goal is to be Always going after more. He talks about abundance. We'll see that. We've already seen it in one of our first sessions. We'll be going into that for sure in our last two sessions. But God wants you and I to be enabled to meet the need that stands before us, that stands around us. <clears throat> the book of Acts, chapter 20. Verse 35. You know, you got more space on your sheet this evening. Well, that's not because I couldn't think of anything to put in there, <clears throat> but it's because some of the things we're going to look into is, once we get by this spot may take longer as we go on and go through it. And so, therefore, I wanted to allow the space for notes if we're not going to be filling it up. Sometimes you'll come in and we may have the whole column of scriptures there, whatever. And if we did that, if we did that in a session, and let's say for chance we didn't get to the last one, two, three, four, whatever it was, that's one of the reasons you got a handout. You can take this thing with you. If you're able, you should be taking notes. Let me put it that way. And because the Spirit of God will show you some things as we're going through, and that may not be on this note for sure, but it means something to you, and it's exactly what he's encouraging and helping you with. So hence, that's why we have that. And by the way, if anybody wanted to take notes and you didn't bring a paper and pencil this evening, I have some up here. If you need it, you're welcome to it. All right, we're supposed to be looking at Acts 20.35. <clears throat> you say, well, now in the book of Acts, wasn't Jesus checked out by this time frame? Yeah. yeah, he had. He had left planet Earth. Well, what's he doing here in red? Well, we'll, we'll take a look at it. <clears throat> This is, uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. If you, went, if you went up verse 17, you don't have to go that far, but this whole next section of scripture that we're in, it's entitled, at least in mine anyhow, study, Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders. And he, he even uh, wanted them to come to where he was so he could begin to relate some things to, to them because he was going to be taken off from there. Acts 20.35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hence, that's what that red's in there for. Paul is referring to something Jesus said in his ministry when they were around. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
Well, one might say, well, if all I ever do is bless, I'm going to be broke so I won't be able to give. Well, you want to strike that thought because we don't need to be broke. We've all probably been broke at one time or the other. Listen, I'm not talking here from uh, <clears throat> that I've never had rough times in my life. I absolutely have. And we don't have time to go into that right now. And have you made any mistakes? All kinds of them. Well, I mean, have you made any mistakes financially? Like I said, all kinds of them. But the point is that we learn, and we hope to learn. And if we're willing and able, that's all he needs. That's all he needs. The Spirit of God has got something to work with, and he'll take care of it. And so he's referring, Paul, yeah, he's referring here to it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why would that be, do you think? A better position. A better position? You're in a better position. You're in a position from being blessed to give. So you give out of abundance. Okay. What was that? Overflow. Overflow? More blessed to give than to receive. Go right ahead. Um, I think maybe because um, it changes your attitude. Like you become more joyful giving than receiving. Well, oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> See what you did? Fantastic. The board, the board keep, the board can't keep up with the comments. <laughs> I forgot to tell you this is live going around the USA. <laughs> so. That's a good one. Don't ever hold back, and it's easy for me to say because I'm in the front right now, but don't ever hold back from sharing or making a comment if you've got something you want to say. You are a part of the body of Christ. But when it says here in red, it, it is more blessed to give than to receive, if you give, does the Bible say anything like give and it shall be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken, yet around your men giving your bosom? Yeah, it does. So if you give, you've got something coming in return according to God's word. Now, if you're the one that's blessed, well, you just got something. But that's hence why this is being said that it's more blessed to give than receive because the blessing is upon the giver and it's going to come back to him. The Bible uses figures like 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that doesn't have to mean... That's all it is. And he has plenty of ways of doing it. Glory to God. Chancing to get off here in some stories, but we'll hang on for a minute. <clears throat> all right, now let's look at the next one. You say, well, what does that got to do? We've been in the New Testament for four of them. Now all of a sudden you're bringing up Genesis for a very specific reason. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. In him we live and move and have our being. Genesis 8.22, giving is sowing seed. The reciprocal of sowing seed is reaping a harvest. Now you understand that there's farmers all over this country, that's what they do. They plant certain types of seeds because what they want to have for a harvest coming back. 
And however much seed they plant, one or a million and one is going to come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They do that specifically for that. Giving is sowing seed. The reciprocal of that is reaping a harvest. <clears throat> now the verse, Genesis 8:22. While the earth remaineth, and we're pretty sure that's right now, right? Yes. We're all still on terra firma here this evening. Okay. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Summer and winter. And day and night shall not cease. As long as the earth remaineth. Now, he spoke this many, many years ago. It has not changed. It's still in effect. And it will be in effect until this earth is no more. So we've understood and agreed that the earth does remain even as this evening. Seed time and harvest. See that they go together, just like the other ones we were just looking at. There is a time to sow seed. If you, if you lived in the state of Maine, and if it was in February, I can tell you from living there before, for many years, it's not a good time to try to plant a garden. Now you may be able to do something in a greenhouse, that is if you got heat in it, if it's just a greenhouse by itself and a little bit of sun, they it's not going to do it. But seed time and harvest. In the spirit realm, and that which we're talking about in kingdom finances, every time is a good time to sow. Now you may not be able to do it all the time, and that's probably more so the case, the case for most of us right now. But we could have a desire to do it all the time, and then you can, in, at, at different times, the, the Spirit of God will direct somebody to you. It isn't like they're walking around with a sour, sour face and limping with their knees out on their pants and sort of hinting maybe they needed some help or whatever. Well, <laughs> we could probably figure that out before we had to exchange any words. But the point being, if that was the case, we may have a desire to do that. You may have a desire to do that. When they weren't limping around, their knees weren't out, they come dressed in a three-piece baroni suit or something, several thousand dollar suit. Somebody may be impressed by the Spirit of God to sow something into their life. Well, why would they need something sown into their life? Well, it could be because they've already been doing a whole lot of sowing. And that God wants to bless you if he spoke to you to do that. See, our natural mind would figure, he certainly don't look like he needs it to me. <clears throat> but that wouldn't be the case. I mean, you don't know that to be the case. The point is, if he's impressing us to do that, that is a blessing. Because now you know he's encouraging you to sow. He can tell you how much. And again, like we shared, I, I believe, the, the first session, and I hope we get it across. It does not matter. Some may think, well, easy for you to say, you could probably sow 100 bucks and it wouldn't hurt you. That may be true. And somebody else, if they needed to sow $5 tonight, it may hurt them because of whatever day of the week, whatever the situation is. But never let the amount hinder you 
Like I said before, it could be a quarter. It could be a nickel. It really doesn't matter right now. It's the condition of the heart if you're willing to do it. Now, man's pride could get in the way. I've had that happen before. Well, I certainly didn't have too much to sow, but I felt impressed to sow to somebody. And so you can say, well, you're going to look like a fool go up there with a couple bucks. What is that? Well, a couple bucks will buy you half a cup of coffee today anyhow in some places. But the point is, seriously, do not let the amount hinder you because man's looking on the outward. He's looking on the heart. He's looking on the heart. He knows exactly how much is in your bank account or not. He knows all those situations. And if it was a quarter, and I'm serious, if I can get the, hopefully get this point across, he is looking on the heart, and you will get blessed because if that's what you had and that's what you purpose to give, there is absolutely no problem with that. And I don't, I mean, there could be some people. There's, I don't believe there's any people in this facility tonight or any other day of the week or month that is going to, is going to have a problem receiving a quarter. I wouldn't in a heartbeat. I'd simply understand that your desire to do something, and then you receive it. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Receive that gift in the same way. And then bless them, and bless them, bless them. <clears throat> I know uh, I heard uh, uh, Brother Bill Winston ministering recently on I see it on TV, on Roku, but I mean, it was a, a service or two before that, and he was sharing about this individual that uh, was an older black man and a poor man, but he was known to give. And so he would do that. And so he gave what he had to somebody, and in that case, it was what he had. In other words, he didn't have a big reserving the rare at that particular point. But he did that because he felt that's what the Spirit of God prompted him to do. About two days after that, he got a word from the Lord. He says, go to such and such dealership, ask to speak to so-and-so, who is the owner, and you tell them, I sent you there. Now, we're not going to end the story right there. Put yourself in those shoes. You're going to walk into whatever dealership and say, uh, you the man? <laughs> well, God told me. So anyhow, he went to the dealership. Felt a little bit funny doing it. And he goes in, and because the salesman, there on your Johnny on the spot, halfway before you can get across the parking lot, can I help you? And he says, uh, no, not right now. He says, is Mr. So-and-so, and, and he called the owner's name, because that's who... Spirit of God gave him the information. And so he says, no, he's actually out to lunch right now. He says, but I can help you. What do you need? I'll help you anything. What do you need? What do you need? You come back out? What do you need? He says, uh, no, I'm here to see Mr. So-and-so. And salesman gives him a spiel again. He says, I'm here to see Mr. So-and-so. Where can I wait? I'll wait for him to come in. So the guy gives him a seat <clears throat> and thinking, what's up with this guy? So anyhow, the owner finally comes back from lunch and the salesman gets him and says, this guy over here, he wants to buy a car. <laughs> he says, uh, why don't you take him in your office? He wants to see you. He says, he only wants to see you. He's all right. So he goes out and greets him and says, so-and-so. He says, come on in the office. Let's talk about it. So he goes in the office, and he says, well, how can I help you today? 
And so he says, my name, he gave him his name. He says, the Spirit of God told me to come and ask for you, and he spoke his name, and he said, you were going to give me a car. That's exactly what he said. <clears throat> I thought of a word, but I won't use it right there. But anyhow, <laughs> bowl will work. <clears throat> and so, and not that it makes any difference, but there was a black man there at the dealership also. And so when this guy said that and didn't say another word, the guy looks at him, starts bawling like a baby, opens his desk drawer. He says, this is the keys to a new Cadillac on the end of the first row. He says, God told me you'd be coming. You say, well, was that guy, was it that guy that had the dealership? You want the name of the dealership so you can go see him? For $100 tonight, the dealership. No. <clears throat> uh, what was I going to say? It doesn't matter anyhow, I guess. But he got his vehicle. He got his vehicle. And don't think that can't happen. Now, don't suggest you walk into any dealership tomorrow and try that unless the Spirit of God speaks to you exactly like he did that man. So... But anyhow, God is in control. He is looking and wanting desires to bless us. But we have to coordinate with his kingdom. We cannot be greedy. We cannot be stingy. We cannot be thinking just about ourselves all the time. But he'll take care of it. He helps us with all these things. Look, at, look back how long you have been gone again, the things that you've been through. He's taking care of them, hasn't he? And he constantly, he's not, he, you're not, you're not going to break him, I can tell you that. So... <clears throat> All right, what was we supposed to be on here? While the earth remains the seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. And so seed time and harvest is with us this evening. It's with us every day and it's something that you and I can apply in our lives. It's another area of God's word that we take and get a hold of. All right, now let's come down to Matthew Chapter 6, we got noted there 25 to 34. We'll see how much of that we actually get through here, but Matthew, chapter 6. <clears throat> now, I refer different times, and I probably will this evening on other ones that are not on the sheets, but just to give you an example, you'll see on, right next to this reference where it says, be not anxious, you got G3309. Does anybody have a clue what G3309 means? Mary, speak right up. It means in the original Greek, that's the word in the Strong's. Correct. Correct. And if, if they give you a reference and it has a G, then a number, that is the Greek, that means it's in the New Testament. If I give you a word and a number and it begins with an H, well, then that's the Hebrew and that's the Old Testament. <clears throat> now, back when I was first born again, which was many moons ago, uh, I remember having then, because I, I got into study right off, had big old thick Bibles and stuff. I still have thick Bibles, but I choose to use this iPad for its convenience. <clears throat> but... We had a strong concordance with no exaggeration. We've never seen them. It was literally at least that thick and about that long, about that wide. And then you got your Bible. 
And the Bible says this, and if you had like a King James, well, it would still give you those numbers in there even that many years ago. But you've got to go over to this book, and you've got to separate the Hebrew section from the Greek section, look up the number, try to find the number, because there's thousands of these numbers in there. Try to find the right number, and then look to the meaning, and then look back over to the Bible. So you can imagine it takes you quite a while to begin to study and find out. But you find out some fantastic things. It's just with technology, today they've made it not instantaneous, but very close, as far as you can, as fast as you can ask your fingers to work and use them or whatever. All right, be not anxious, Greek 3309. And it is, <clears throat> I even gave you the phonetic pronunciation there, because that's the way it is in the thing. Merim Neho. And you see the mark at the H. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-H-O, Merimneo, means to be anxious, full of cares, distractions. That's what this word is talking about. When the Bible is telling us, be not anxious, do not be full of care, do not have distractions. What's that? Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. That word thirty three oh nine is specific reason. I chose to use that one we started with because in just these sections of verses of what we just gave, Matthew 6, 25, and 39, you'll be amazed the number of times that that word is used in there. Now, there'll be other times it may be saying something similar that wasn't that word. Well, then it's not going to be in there then. But it is saying, be not anxious. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. Guess what that word thought is? Merimneo. To be anxious about, to take a thought, to have care. So he tells us to take no thought for your life. In other words, don't be anxious. Don't be worrisome about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor yet for your body, what you should put on. Is not the life more than meat? and the body more than raiment? And the answer to that would be yes. So, it won't, again, it won't be every time in this section of the scripture we're going to look at, but when that word thought comes out, because there's certainly other Greek words with a different meaning on that, but this one is this marimneo, and it's talking about being anxious, having cares and distractions. Moving on to 26. Behold, which would mean look, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, Neither do they reap, nor gather in the bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? In other words, it's telling us there. Let's read the words here again. Your heavenly Father feedeth them. So do you think God provides things for the animals and stuff? And specifically birds and fowls here? 
Well, the answer would have to be yes. Well, we got a problem with the scripture in this Bible then, because it wouldn't be true. But he does. Are ye not much, are ye not much better than they? <clears throat> I found it interesting in this context when you look at it, and, and we can see how the whole thing fits in. But I mean, he's specifically telling us, telling us here, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns. Hmm. Farmers, they, they sow, they reap, and they gather in the barns because that's what they need to do to feed themselves and they have a business or whatever to supply all these crops. But in this context, he's referring to fowls of the air, birds, ones that don't do that. And it specifically tells us they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the barns, but your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit under the stature? Uh, does anybody have a King James Bible that they're using the, this evening? Does it have the numbers in it? It does not. Get rid of that Bible. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding you. No, that's all right. If you did, then I was just going to have your loose day a little bit. But so, <clears throat> which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit under the statue? I'll just pose a question and see how quick you can answer. When it says taking thought, what do you suppose that word is? Same thing. It's your, uh, let me go with the thing here. It's your G3309. So you can see it comes in in several different instances here. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to the statue? Well, taking a thought is going to be you being worried, being anxious and all. He does not want us to do that. And so therefore, we have to learn, assimilate, and pick up a couple things. And listen, all of us have worried and been concerned about some things one time or another, for sure. I mean, you probably wouldn't be on planet Earth too long without that. But when we find ourselves becoming anxious, when we find ourselves worrying, well, we can pout and doubt and go without, or we can call on the name of the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. You don't ever go to sleep. Well, I go to sleep. Well, we're supposed to go to sleep and get energy and all, but they don't need that. <clears throat> okay. Verse 28. And why take ye thought, yes, same word, for raiment, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil, they toil not, excuse me, neither do they spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. How many have ever seen what he's talking about? Taking thought for raiment, consider the lilies of the field. How many have ever seen the field of lilies? I have not. I've seen lilies. I've, I know my mother's grown them before when I was a kid. A neighbor of mine down the street from where I live, she has some that she grows. <coughs> So, but again, comparing natural things in the context that we're getting at and how they affect our lives. Why take ye thought for raiment, the clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And see, he's speaking to all of us there. He, he set up the examples here, going from the fowls all the way down through. And he says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Uh, I know I wouldn't look that up. Word. When it says, O ye of little faith, that Greek word is lacking confidence, trusting too little. So we're lacking confidence and trusting too little. Because if we heard that phrase, let me get it right here, O ye of little faith, if somebody come to, when, I, when we're gathered together on Sunday and there'd be more of us here, and especially after a boisterous praise and worship service and you go around and greet with one another, and you went to greet to somebody and they said, little faith, puny faith. I go walk, try to find somebody else to talk to, I think. No, but I mean, that wouldn't be a very good greeting. You'd be wondering about that. But here, and we shouldn't put somebody on the spot like that. Even if it was the case, you wouldn't want to embarrass anybody and put them on the spot. But he says, oh, you of little faith, meaning lacking confidence, and trusting too little. Well, if we do lack confidence, there would have to be a reason why. Something going on in life, some issue that we had, or something that you hadn't learned or appropriated or, or, no, or grown to know anything about having faith in God and the amount and the extent of it. And so it's not a put down, he's just simply relating some things here. Therefore, Take no thought, oh, there's that G3309 again. Take no thought saying. Now, this is interesting. <clears throat> the question is, how do you take a thought? Saying? A thought flying around up here and... What did the scripture say? Brother Ben, would you read the first line of Matthew 6.31? First line the way mine looks anyhow, so. Now see, I put Brother Ben on the spot, but he won't get mad at me. No, no, no. no. At least to not after the service is over. So. <laughs> Matthew 6.31. Therefore, take no thought, saying... Okay, as far as I want you to go. You're too late. No. (laughs) Take no thought... (laughs) Take no thought, saying... Now, so you can all pass the quiz... How do you take a thought? Saying. Saying. 
You can have thoughts come into your mind. Well, Diablos, the adversary, tries to do it all the time. And we have weapons and warfare to counteract that. <clears throat> but he's saying, take no thought saying. And let's go past the saying now. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And you're concerned right now. There's something going on in your life. You have kids, plural. One's enough, but you get kids, plural. <clears throat> and they need to eat. And they need to be clothed. There's a lot of things we need. And so he says, take no thought saying. And then these things, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What's going to be this? Who, where's that going to come from? Why that? Being anxious, whatever. Take no thought saying. We want to watch what we're saying. Because the adversary is the one that's coming to bond by. Gone, yeah, <clears throat> try that again. The adversary is the one that's coming to try to bombard us with all these negative thoughts and fear and everything else that goes with it. Well, we do, want, we do not want to give that place, allow it to enter our life. So we're not going to repeat, we're not going to say the lies that he just told us about. It may be a fact that you don't have the money to buy this right now, whatever the situation is, but we don't give him place in our lives in that. So take no thought saying... That thought will be aborted, if you will. It's not going anyplace. He tried to sow it out there. You didn't receive it. You didn't go speaking about what he gave you. And so it's, it's not going to bear any fruit, so to speak. We're not going to allow it to be implanted in us. Give no place to the devil, the Bible tells us. <clears throat> okay, moving right along. Matthew 6.32 For after all these things do the Gentiles seek... For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Do you think that's true? Yes. I certainly hope that you do. And then, I guess maybe to say it a different way, more than think, know it. God knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly where we are. Like I said, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they got it covered. They know exactly what you need at what time you need it and everything else. But again, that's why we study to show ourselves approved, the workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to give the word of God entrance into our life so that we can be changed by the renewing of our mind. <clears throat> for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have needed these things, but... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all what? Peace. All these things will what? Yeah. Now, that is in red. Meaning, Jesus Christos himself is the one that mouthed those words. And that is truth. And so, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we have certainly heard Matthew 6.33 on multiple occasions when we had the many sessions, I forget the numbers right now, on the kingdom of God and dominion and authority. Absolutely, this verse was used many times and should be. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So that's the thought we are going to take. We're not going to be casting that thought down. We're going to take that thought. We're going to receive it. Or like the Greek word lambano, take and get a hold of. We're going to take that thought 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Well, the evil one doesn't not try to plague your mind and invade it with thoughts that don't belong there just on Wednesday nights. He's 24-7, 365. It's his modus operandi to try to get into assault us. And there may be days in our life when whatever the situation was, whatever we've been going through, could be health reasons, could be, could be something else, but you may not be on top of your A game that day. So he comes along and he's assaulting you and he, you may feel that a little bit more. We do still have the will to give no place to the devil. Recognize that that is not from God. It is absolutely not from God. If it's condemnation, it's not from God. If it's belittling, it's not from God. And so give no place to the devil. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought and those, both those words, thoughts, we're, we're talking the exact same Greek word we've already looked up. For the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's why we take <clears throat> every day, one day at a time. Now, there may be some of us got something going on tomorrow, and we haven't necessarily taken care of it or prepared for it, or maybe we don't have the arrow that we need for that day, whatever it is. And so we may be taking thought, even though it's today and not till tomorrow. But we have a source, the spirit of the living God that is in us. He knows everything that's going on about your life and my life. Now, can you imagine his computer system? Whatever computer system that's top in the world right now, it'll change in speed, give it another three or four months, and it's constantly changing. But he's got data from everywhere, from eons, and knows all about it. You realize he knows your address, cell phone number, home phone number, social security, and everything else. He knows that. He don't necessarily need it, but there's nothing he doesn't know. So, Amen. all right. <clears throat> Give no place to the devil is what we're going to gather out of that section right there. All right, let's go. Let's go down to Luke 16 then. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. <clears throat> Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. God is looking for faithfulness in every part of our life. This context here and others we've been dealing with because we're talking about kingdom of God finances, <clears throat> it's going to be in the, in the idea of stewardship. 
That's what God's looking for. You will have to be faithful in little and faithful in much. You'll have to be a good steward before he ever entrusts you, let's just say with tens of thousands of dollars, let alone going to the millions. And if we are faithful in those things, if we are good stewards in that, then you and I are a candidate. It's all about him entrusting something to you and you being a good steward. I mean, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, even if you had the box, that when your eight-year-old's going to school, you give him $100 in his lunch pail. Candy for everybody! Load her up! Chips, Cokes, you name it. Might not necessarily be the best choices with that money. That's because he didn't understand everything about it at that age. And so the point being, you and I can choose to become good stewards, handling the money that God entrusts to us, returning the first tenth which is holy and belongs unto him, and then allow him to promote us. I can assure you of this. When I was a young man, I, I, it's not really fair, I guess, to say that we lived in poverty. I guess we couldn't say that. But things weren't that good for many reasons, put it that way. And later on in life, we'll jump to the time when I became born again. Well, when I came born again, I wasn't a steward of much then because I didn't have much. But then I began to learn about these principles and then begin to apply them. Well, then he can entrust them to you. And he has and he does. And you say, well, how's, how are you going to do that? I mean, how did you happen to get that money? Don't worry about it. He's got a million ways to Tuesday. He knows exactly how he can get it to you. The question is what you'll do with it. Are you going to help the body of Christ? Are you going to sow into the kingdom of God? All right, so let's move on here before I run out of time. Uh, <clears throat> 1610. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. If, therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? <clears throat> if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? We will deal with mammon well, let me ask you this. How many have ever heard that word mammon before? I'm sure you must have heard it somewhere. I'm not sure, but I would imagine you would. Let me just give you this much and we'll go on. We'll come back to it. Mammon in the Greeks, 3126 for all that's worth. <clears throat> Riches where it is personified and opposed to God. It's not a good thing, and I'll give you another definition and wording there in a minute. <clears throat> All right, so let's, let's continue to read. That was 10. If you, verse 11, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Verse 12, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another's man, another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, it could be your boss. It could be the place you work. 
if you're not faithful with what they give you and entrust you with and what you're supposed to do with it, <clears throat> who should give you that which is your own? Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. Again, this is in red. He didn't make a mistake. He's not saying a maybe or an unqualified statement. He's absolutely definitive. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot do that. You can serve mammon, but you will not be serving God at the same time. Because you know man can serve two masters. <clears throat> All right, that word mammon, I think I told you before in the Greek, it's 3126. It's wealth, treasure, and riches. And they use the word no, let me look here. They did not use the word here in the King James, but if you look up the definitions of that mammon, that's where you're going to find the word avarice. Anybody ever heard of the word avarice again? I know that I have only because I would look up, I look up many, many, many words when I study. And so I would have seen this definition before, but it certainly wasn't on my mind at the top of my mind when I was preparing for this. Here's a definition of the word avarice. Excessive desire for wealth or gain, comma, capitalist, G-R-E-E-D, greed. That's what the word avarice is, and it is a part of that word mammon. Excessive desire for wealth or gain, greed. And so, if we can't serve two masters, it should become crystal clear this evening that we don't want one of the masters to be this mammon. We don't even want it to be in the, in the game, so to speak. We want to serve God. And there's no comparison between the benefits of what we get and what we have and what he has for us. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's a good thing. We don't want to serve mammon. Now you understand, because of, what's the word? Ignorance. I'll use the word ignorance. Because of ignorance, there are people on planet Earth, I would assume there's some right here in the general uh, Fort Pierce area. I mean, Fort Pierce is not a major thriving metropolis, but it's a place where, certainly a place where business people live. There's churches and all. But I don't know if there's any millionaires or billionaires here. But it doesn't mean every millionaire or billionaire is after mammon, I can tell you that. There are many millionaires and billionaires in the body of Christ. But they never got there not being a good steward. They never got there by constantly thinking about greed. They never got there by not being a good steward. And so we all have to start someplace. <clears throat> And, well, I guess our time's about to slip away from us anyhow. Any 
questions on anything we covered this evening. That doesn't mean I'll have the answer, but Pastor's sitting over there, so. <coughs> but if you, if you have an answer on something, we have maybe two or three minutes left, so I'd be glad to entertain it. Or possibly, you'd like to make a comment, as long as it has, has to do with the study. I don't want you to tell us what the Red Sox did today or something or whatever, so. <coughs> Hallelujah. Absolutely. Do you know did you know that many could very well be all of you in here are investors. Who's he talking to? <laughs> well, on Sunday mornings, we generally have part of the service. It's called offering time. If you're putting an offering, it's going to the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God now right here in this facility is TCVC. But you're investing in the kingdom of God. Well, I, I gave a measly tithe last week because that's all I had. I didn't really sow anything beyond that. That's all right. Nobody's, nobody's worrying about that. Nobody's counting any numbers. But you may sometime put something above and beyond your tithe. And even then, you're investing in the kingdom of God. And do not think, with this great computer system he has, we talked about it, that he doesn't keep track of all that. He didn't... I've, had, I've certainly had it happen before until I made some changes. Okay, well, I can't get into that because we're over. I still got a minute. So anyhow, I have, and I won't say any names, but I'm able to relate something because somebody's not here this evening. Who's not here? What's he going to tell us? <clears throat> but I had an individual that goes, goes to church here, and uh, they were just having like maybe a little difficult time handling their bills, where to put money, how to do it, and stuff like that. And so, and I may bring one of those in, because I don't want all those $1,000 bills flowing out of it when I do, but <clears throat> I do have an extra book at home. But the point being, I have a book. It's just a ledger. You can go to Staples and buy them. In fact, that's where it came from. I got a certain number of columns or whatever. And on the front of my book... And I had these books for years, because I started years ago. On the front of this particular book, it'll say, Increase and Seed 2020. That's what this year's book says. And because I got, see how nice and low that alarm is? I got that thing trained. Press, press stop that time. <coughs> so where was I going with this? Who knows? Uh, yeah, 2020 ledger. Uh, oh, yeah, so, you, and there's, I think there's like about 40 rows in the whole thing, the book that I have, the one I use. And so I just go down as far as the 35th row because the last few years I've been, I never have anything past 31 days in a month, strange as that may seem. So I get down to 35, it's a thicker line, and that's where I do all my totals. There's total for the income. There's totals for the outgo. There's totals for seed sown. There's totals for savings account. This and that and all the other things. I got them all. I got them all. 
And so I just, there's nothing magical about that. Don't make me no saint. But because of what this individual related, I haven't given a gender yet, have I? I didn't think I did. Okay, so anyhow, you said, hmm, I'm going to take a look Sunday, I'll tell you that. So, but anyhow, that helped them out. And I was glad to do it. And I had, because I buy them, I don't know what size pack it is when I get them, but they usually go, last me a couple of years or whatever. And I had one that wasn't used yet, so I gave it to her and just showed her. You know how I did. Now you can do this however you want, whatever works for you. Don't think you got to become an accountant, but just however it works for you, it's going to give you something to do. And then this works for me, and it does work for me. Uh, so so much for that. <clears throat> but we do want to be good stewards because when you make the choice to organize and live in agreement with His Word and His Kingdom in the area of finances then you're working your way into stewardship. And you're becoming a good steward doing that. Well, I haven't been around that. I don't have much money. Don't worry about it. We're back at the quarter, remember? That's where you can start. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. It's just it's numbers, the dollar signs, the change of pennies, whatever it is. But become a good steward, and that's going to show God that you, he can trust you, then he can enable you, and he can bring more to you. Okay, hopefully he brings more time. <coughs> All right. Father, we do thank you again this evening for this time that we have had together. I thank you specifically for this part of the body of Christ that made the decision, took the time and the effort to come out this evening. I declare that the word of God that we have shared, the literal word of the living God that we have spoken, will feed, will soak into their spirit this evening that they may receive it they will receive with meekness the engrafted word and it is able to save their soul. I speak a blessing upon their lives financially speaking because that is our course of instruction right now. And I thank you for all the time we had together this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat>